Hi everybody, this is Lori Weaver. Welcome to Compulsive Overeating Diary, day 92. It's now been 43 weeks, two days since I began this experiment where I podcast about my thoughts and feelings about compulsive overeating rather than heading for the chips. I'm still in rainy Ventura, so this is a first. I'm trying to see if I can record with my recorder and my umbrella all at the same time. If it works out, all of day 92 will be done here, so you may hear some cool rainy day sounds as well as the sound of the ocean. If not, then part of the show will have a cool rainy day ocean sounds, and I'll have to record the rest later on. Today's show is all about assumptions and how we can break through to look at events and ourselves with fresh understanding. Part of that is greeting new BFCs from all around the world and noticing how much we differ and yet how much we share. After we listen to our inspirational snippet of I'm Letting Go by Josh Woodward and I discover what I'm going to let go of, we'll greet two new BCs who wrote me via email, Fernando from Brazil, Shell from Wales, and then new brave companion Vina who goes on the bravery report for posting her hellos and stories right on day 91 show notes for all of us to see. Then I want to tell you about Chelsea, a new BC who contacted me via Facebook and the blog she writes called Random Thoughts. Finally, one of my all-time favorite features has returned. Stephanie from Quebec sends us her fifth secret topic of the day. So stay tuned, brave companions, stay dry, and let's listen to Josh to find out what to let go of today. But I'm letting go. Thank you so much again for letting me listen to the wonderful snippet of I'm Letting Go. Now, I know that some of you may wonder, why do you always want to listen to this snippet? And it's really that moment that I take, that breath that I take where I ask myself, Lori, what do you need to let go of today? You know, you might try it. You might not like Josh's song for this purpose, but if you can find a moment to sit quietly with yourself and think about either what do I need to let go of or what do I need to focus on and see what answer comes up? Now, at first you might feel kind of silly doing such a thing, but believe me, after all these months of me sitting here listening to Josh say, I'm letting go, and I say to myself, what should I let go? I always hear a small voice telling me. Now, I don't always like what it's telling me, but it does tell me. (laughs) And today it's telling me I need to let go of assumptions. I need to let go of assumptions about myself and about other people. Well, let me give you an example. I'm sitting here right now on the beach. I'm using my raincoat as a blanket on the sand and I have a wonderful view of the waves as they're breaking. Now, yesterday was a pouring downpour day and it changed my assumptions about what a little trip to Ventura would be like to be here in absolute downpour. And you can read about those adventures on the blog I wrote yesterday called Rainy Days and Tuesdays Don't Have to Get Me Down to let you know about that. But I also assumed that today would be raining. The weather report said it would be raining off and on. And so at first I thought, well, I'm not even gonna bother to bring my recorder out in the rain. I really don't want to. And then I thought, well, maybe I'll take a chance. 
I'll take a chance and my umbrella, and if it's not raining too hard, I can find a spot by the shore, maybe find a rock, find a bench, something, and record from someplace new. That would be fun. So I shouldn't assume that I cannot record because the weather report says it might rain. I have plastic bags for my recorder. I have a raincoat. I have an umbrella. I have skin that is water resistant. I know this having grown up in Washington state where it rains the majority of the time. So there's no reason for me to just say, I can't do it. And there's no reason for me to ever say, I can't do it without giving it a try. Something, if there's something I wanna do, I should assume that it's worth the effort. Now, other assumptions I wanna tackle is like what we assume about each other. And part of this is because many Brave Companions have written me or posted to me and said, well, Lori, isn't it strange that we all know you so well and you don't know us as well as we know you? Well, Brave Companions, you do know me pretty well. You probably know me more than people in my general life who don't know what's in my heart and mind at all times. You guys know me pretty darn well from listening to all of these shows, especially those of you that either have been from the beginning or have decided to go back to show one and listen all the way through. You've got a great big perspective of how I think, how I deal with stress, how I deal with my eating issues or don't deal with them, what I think about robot aliens, what I think about life in general, relationships, friendships, hardships from my past. But even though you brave companions have been with me all this step of the way, you still don't know the real me, the part that only I can know, right? Every one of us has thoughts and feelings that only we know about ourselves and also about our relationships. Like what you see of Mark and me are pictures of us smiling as we're out and about on the bike and doing our thing and the nice things that we do to each other or for each other. Because why would I post, oh man, that Mark, that SOB, he did this and this and this and this. So it gives you this like, ah, fa la la, fa la la impression of what it's like for Mark and me to be married to each other. You know, like we're sort of like a Desi and Lucy team, although I don't know who's Desi and who's Lucy. And for you international folks who may not know, there was a sitcom in the 50s called I Love Lucy about a wacky pair that had all kinds of adventures starring Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. And everybody loved Lucy. In fact, that's what it was called, I Love Lucy. But you know, during the course of that show, Lucy and Desi got divorced. Then they tried to do another season of that show and it just didn't quite work, them pretending to be wacky married people when actually in reality, their relationship was falling apart. Now I'm not saying Mark and my relationship is falling apart, but I do wanna point out that he and I have the ups and downs of any other married couple. There's times when we love each other, times when we give each other the evil eye and say hurtful things to each other. And the other day we were having a, one of those times where we were disagreeing and I'm like, oh, woe is me. And all the brave companions, they even think you're like the most perfect man ever because they all think you're just so darn nice. Well, Mark is nice, <laughs> you know, he is. And he said, well, maybe you shouldn't be posting so much about how nice I am because you know that it's not always true. Well, Mark is no more not nice than the average Joe. There's not one of us brave companions who are nice all the time. There's not one of us who are always like thinking out for the other guy all the time. There's nobody who wants to, from our heart, 
do what's good for the other person over our own self-interest all the time. We're never like totally perfect, no matter how much we try, no matter how much we wish we were. We're just not. And part of that is with the rise of social media, and I know that there's been plenty written about this, but like we watch our friends and what we see are these cool pictures of what they're up to. And, you know, they get to go here, they get to go there. I see moms with their kids and their grandkids and I think, oh, woe is me, look at them, they're lucky. They got to have kids and grandkids and it didn't turn out that way for me. And, you know, I have all those feelings. I don't have to see the struggles that's involved with having children whether as a young mother dealing with young in-house kids or as an older mother who has adult kids that are having various issues and the wish to help them or not, or kids who don't follow through with things or grandkids who either it's your pleasure to babysit or I know some people who are kind of the automatic babysitter whether they like it or not and they feel just a little bit tied down having these grandkids all the time. And they feel guilty about that because you're supposed to love your grandkids all the time. And you do. And how many of us have these assumptions also about ourselves? I should always love my husband. I should always love my wife. I should always love my partner. I should always love my kids. I should always love my grandkids. I should always be grateful for my job. I should always be grateful for my health. On and on and on. When the reality is... I think, while most of us do actually love our kids, our grandkids, our partners, our pets, whatever it is that we love or whoever it is that we love, there are days and times when we just plain are honoring. Maybe we don't feel good. Maybe something bad happened. Maybe we're tired of being the one to always pick the dishes up off the table for everybody else. You know, I don't know. But there are times when we are not perfect There are times when our emotions are not the most loving. And sometimes I think if we have compulsive overeating as part of our makeup, we don't like to admit these truths to ourselves. We don't like to say about our own selves, right? I have these emotions that are not so tidy. I have these emotions that make me maybe not such a nice person. If people knew what I really thought, they would say I'm a bitch or a bastard or an evildoer of some kind even when it's normal daily life thoughts that we have. And I've been thinking about it. I think part of the way that we hide these emotions that we might want to deal with or think about or explore is that we deflect it. We go read a blog post or we go on Facebook or we read the star about, you know, celebrities and their ups and downs and we either envy people like oh I wish I had a great partner like that who did these nice things for me or I wish I had a figure like that look at how wonderful they are I wish I had money like this person does obviously they don't have any worries I wish I wish I wish I wish but we don't know if we were to beam into the skin of that person what would life be like Now, I bet you a dollar, Brave Companions, if you could beam into my life for a while, you would have your eyes wide open because whatever you think you know about me and my life and how it's going and how things affect me and who I am and what I am, if you were actually beamed here, 
inside my life and forced to live it for even 24 hours, you'd probably go running and screaming for the hills back to your own life. You know, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. Because you never know what's inside that person's public persona. What we present to other people is different than what we have for ourselves. And sometimes, brave companions, I think we don't even present our personas to ourselves. Part of my eating, for sure, part of that running for the chips, part of my visits with the robot aliens was to keep me from knowing some of the things about myself I didn't want to know. You know, it's easier to be the victim. It's easier to say, oh, those people are just mean to me. They're bullying me. These kids just don't like me. Or this boss is unfair to me. Or this is unfair. Or Mark is unfair. It's easier to do that than it is to take a look inside myself and say, well, you know, Lori, you really were pushing your agenda on Mark the other day. You really weren't communicating and being open to what he might think about certain things. You know, he did his part, but you definitely had a big old part of that. Or at your job, maybe you weren't the most professional in that situation. Maybe you could have stepped up with your work ethic a little bit there. Maybe you could have made more of an effort to deal with these coworkers whose personality types were a little bit in conflict with you. Maybe there's some things you could have done that would have made that work life go smoother. It's hard to take a look at ourselves. And then, brave companions, what's even more hard is when we do take a good, hard look at ourselves and we say, oh, I see my fault. I see where I need to improve. And so we work like blazes to improve that, to be more kind, more patient, more good. And we do this and we give that person or situation a big smile as we're giving it our all to improve. And the same old shit comes right back at you. That's right. Sometimes even though you're doing your part to improve a situation, the other party or the, other, or the rest of the situation just hasn't changed. And something that we can learn is we can't change other people. We can't change every situation. But we also can't make assumptions about it. All we can do is take experiences as a learning experience to do the best that we can to say, is this person adding to the quality of my life? Is this job adding to the quality of my life? might not be your be-all, end-all job, but maybe the money that you're getting is adding to the quality of your life, right? If that's the case, admit that you'd like to look for another job and look, but your job is still doing you some good. Are the friendships doing you good? Are they adding to the quality of your life or are they a pain in the butt? If in any way they're adding to the quality of your life, then work on that relationship, you know? If not, if after looking at it, this relationship is not adding to the quality of your life, then find a graceful way to end it. And that's hard. You know, that's hard. And as I sit here and look at the ocean and see all the waves coming from across the world and the gravity of the moon pushing and pulling, I think how we're pushed and pulled by our assumptions, our wishes, how we blame ourselves, how we struggle and try, and how when things don't always work out as, as we expect, how we still internalize that and how that can still head us directly for the chips. So today I'm going to let go as best I can of all assumptions about myself, about others, about situations, to try to take a step back, try to breathe and see 
how I feel and what I can actually do about any given situation. I'm very excited right now to welcome two new Brave Companions from outside of the United States who both have very unique stories and issues that prove that though we are very different in how we came by our eating issues and how we look and how we're dealing with them now, that under the skin we are very similar as companions. First up, with his permission, I'm going to read a letter from new Brave Companion Fernando from Brazil. Hi Lori, how are you? I hope you're well. I came across your podcast yesterday and I couldn't stop listening to it so far. Let me tell you briefly my story. I've been struggling with pretty severe digestive issues for over 12 years. I've been to many doctors, been on different diets, etc., and absolutely nothing up to this point has helped making me feel better when it comes to my symptoms. I've been studying my case for over a year, which led me to dive deep into nutrition, mindset, spirituality, psychology, etc. This weekend, I had an epiphany that made me aware of my binge eating. Since I'm extremely underweight, it had never crossed my mind that I could be suffering from emotional eating. But whenever I get some symptom relief, I stuff my face with so much food that it usually takes more than eight hours to digest. Consequently, the more I do this, the more inflamed my gut gets, which prevents me to eat and therefore losing more weight. I can't believe it took me so many years to realize that. On the other hand, though, I feel so grateful for this aha moment. It's pretty rare, though, to find cases like mine on the internet, but I think it all boils down to emotional eating. Now, I'm actually trying to get to the underlying emotional issue that could be triggering this binge eating. I suspect the hidden causes of this emotional eating could be not feeling okay with my skinny body. Since I was 18, now 31, I've been having this constant battle with my body due to how skinny I look. In my early 20s, I got so obsessed with working out and gaining weight, I used to stuff my face with food every two hours, plus take all the supplements I used to take. Lori, since you've got some experience with this subject, and I'm still new to this idea, I was wondering if you've ever seen such a case like mine. Most of the cases out there are usually people trying to lose weight, not actually the opposite. Thanks a lot for the amazing job you've been doing. Looking forward to hearing from you, Fernando from Brazil. P.S. English is not my native language, so I'm sorry for the mistakes you happen to find. Well, before I reply, Fernando, I have to say, I'm amazed at how wonderful your English is, especially in writing. You have no need to fear that. I'm trying to think, would I know how to say epiphany or aha moment or any of those things in German? And I'm fairly fluent in German. <laughs> no. So I'm very pleased with your command of English, and I'm awe and humbled by the fact that you fear that you might have <laughs> some trouble with it. Okay, on to my reply. Hi, Fernando. Thank you for taking the time to write me. Wow, your story is very touching, and I am so sorry that you have this going on in your life. First of all, your English is excellent, so no worries about that. Second of all, I am not an expert or a doctor or psychologist or nutritionist, so I can't comment specifically about what might be going on with you, but I can give you my empathy and my personal opinion for your eating issues. Thirdly, as you know from listening to my show, I have been opposite from you, overweight most of my life, but many of the underlying issues seem to be similar. I have also heard from many, many people since my show began 
Some are men, most are women. Some look perfect, and I mean perfect, gorgeous, fit bodies, and yet they hate themselves and don't feel perfect enough. I know that size and body type make no difference at all with an eating issue. So Fernando, I believe you may be on part of the right track with your own story. A few thoughts came to mind. One, body dissatisfaction. This usually comes from the outside in. These are the questions to consider. Why do I wish my body was different than it is? Was it because of other people's expectations or my own or both? Many times the answer is to gain acceptance and love of some kind. Sometimes it is to gain strength or to perform a physical challenge such as biking a long race. But often it stems from not feeling good as we are. In English we say, quote, happy in our own skin, unquote. If this rings true, then part of the work is to use your spiritual and mindfulness tools to truly love and appreciate yourself every day for who you are and not what kind of body you have. This can be very hard, but very worth it. Number two, physical hunger. Because of your digestive issues, you go a long time without enough nutrition for your body. It is natural that your body will try to make you eat at a physical level, even if your psychology is perfect. I have the same from the many diets I've been on. The body doesn't know why it's not getting enough food. It just is set up to get as much to store for future famines, diet or medical reasons. Three, feeling deprived. I don't know if you have feelings about not getting to eat what you want as I have. Maybe you do due to your medical history, but you have felt deprived of feeling normal around food and maybe in the world. This is a big help to address, to fulfill yourself with authentic relationships, with doing activities and work you love, helping others, and when you can, eat, and when you can eat, to eat the best thing you love and enjoy. Allow your body to feel fed without stuffing it. Slow down. If you need five servings, eat them one at a time and see how that goes. Lastly, my friend and fellow podcaster, Alan Standish, has a guest on his show I think you would like to hear, and here is a link. And then I provide the link to Andrew Allen, who wrote Man Up to Eating Disorders. It's all about men and eating disorders, and the doctor says almost half of men's eating trouble comes from feeling too skinny. Good luck, and thanks again for writing. Please feel free to post on the blog and share your thoughts and feelings with other listeners and readers if you would like. They are very supportive on CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com. So, brave companions, especially if you silent men are out there listening, please take a moment to post support on Day 92 or call the Bravery Hotline or use SpeakPipe to welcome Fernando and to let him know he's not alone out there. Our second international new Brave Companion is Shell, who wrote from Wales. Shell has another unique challenge that she's having to deal with. She says, Hi, Lori. I just wanted to thank you so much for the Compulsive Overeating Diary podcast, which I only discovered yesterday. I am struggling very much with binging at the moment. As you explained, it goes in cycles of being good on a diet or completely binging without any control, and I'm in the latter just now. I have very quickly put on 20 pounds over the last few weeks and can't see how I can put the brakes on at the moment, especially with Christmas on the horizon. So I'm also in full panic mode about the situation. Just listening to your podcast made me feel so not alone and that someone else seemed to be going through or to have gone through the same struggles. I am undecided whether to listen to all of your podcasts straight away or try to ration them out once per day for encouragement and support. I will have to think on it. I have just read a book called The Bulimia Help Method by Richard Kerr, which I am most encouraged by. 
However, to follow the program, I will have to give up trying to lose weight, which I find almost unbearable or possibly completely unbearable. Basically, he says that a person needs to eat a decent amount of food every day to stop the urge to binge, that restricting food always leads to binging in the end. I can see where he is coming from, but I'm so unhappy with my weight at the moment that I don't think I can do it. I noticed that you mentioned counting calories on your podcast and hope to find out later on to what extent you are restricting yours and if you find it is still possible to lose weight. Anyway, I just want to thank you so much. I enjoy hearing you walking outside very much. It gives such a more natural and interesting background to your talks rather than just quiet. I was so saddened when you said that not many people commented, but then perhaps it just takes time to gather momentum. I would imagine that by now you have lots of comments. I tried to leave a comment myself, but I am a blind computer user using disability speech software and the sites are so complicated these days that I struggle to get to the right page or find the edit areas. I found this email address and so thought I'd just write you anyway. At least I have the podcast automatically downloading and I hope that you are still doing them. I am so excited to have all those other ones to get to yet. This morning I have already let myself down food-wise and it's not even 9 a.m. Sigh. I just wish I could stick to any one thing. My husband is also as skinny as a rake with no food problems and has all kinds of goodies everywhere in the house. This doesn't help, but it's part of life, so I must work around it. Take care now, and I really can't thank you enough for all of the work that you have put into these MP3s. I think they will help me enormously. Shell from Wales. My reply. Hello, dear Shell. Thanks so much for writing me. What a thrill to hear from someone from Wales. I went there on a teaching trip several years ago and fell in love with your country. So much so, I tried to get my husband Mark to move there right after my return. Sadly, he loves California and would have none of it. I'm glad you found my show and that the episodes make you feel less alone. That was my second aim. The first was to see if talking would help me with my own diet and binge problems. As you go along, you will discover that I began therapy again and also started using the principles of intuitive eating to get to what's under my disordered eating. For me, I realized that I could not diet and cease the binge behaviors, but some of my listeners are combining diet plans with some of these principles to various degrees of success. I did lose some of the weight I put on that triggered the start of my show, but now it's been many months since I've weighed myself since giving up dieting was so important for me. Amazingly, I have remained the size I was when I stopped dieting for over six months without trying. I feel for you and for me because it is so hard to walk that line of wanting to lose weight yet wanting the binging to stop. Today I am working on editing and releasing my 91st episode and it has been over 42 weeks since I began. At whatever pace suits you, if you choose to listen in order, you will hear all that I went through organically as this decision became my apparent path, including the fear that listeners would abandon me for not dieting and for not losing weight. Some did, some didn't, and some new listeners came. I do have comments now on the blog and new friends from all around the world. It is amazing. I am so glad you enjoy hearing the nature sounds behind my talks. I like that too, even though some days I'm frustrated when planes go overhead right when I'm on a roll talking and I need to redo that bit. The last two episodes I did by the sea, and so you can hear the waves and the seagulls. I like those sounds quite a bit. Thanks too for taking the trouble to find my email and writing. If you would like to post on a particular show or post your story on Who Are the Brave Companions page, go ahead and email me and I will post it for you. That way others can learn who you are and support you. 
Also, as time goes on, you will hear me read comments from listeners who post, and if you'd like to reply to them, let me know, and I can post your comments that way or read your letter on the show. On that topic, Shell, would you be comfortable if I greeted you by name on an upcoming episode and mentioned you are from Wales? Also, is there any part of your letter I could read? Some listeners let me use their names, some make up a name. Some let me use their country, some do not. Some post publicly or send recordings of their voice to be used on the show. Some only ever comment to me privately. I will do my best to respect your wishes and to make sure you feel safe in whatever you decide to share. Anyway, in closing, let me again welcome you and thank you for the time you took to reach out to me today. I do care and I do understand. It makes it easier for me to have such company on my own journey, and I sincerely hope it will help you too. Take care, Lori. Then Shell wrote back to give me permission to share her letter and to give us some more of her thoughts. Hi, Lori. I can't imagine anyone living in California wanting to move to Wales. With all that sea, sun, and sand, it sounds like such a golden place. But I do like living here, even though it's very cold and damp now. Thank you so much for writing back. It makes a big difference. I always think it must be strange for the person doing the podcast because as listeners, we get to feel like we know you in the end, especially with a podcast with such a personal topic, yet you don't get to know us, the listeners, quite as much. I don't mind you mentioning my name or country or any part of the letter on the podcast, and I hope to slowly learn my way around the website so I can leave my own comments. Sometimes it just takes a bit of time. I look forward to hearing about your journey with intuitive eating. I have tried this in the past and it had always been a disaster for me. However, I've always thought that if I could just somehow find a better way to do it, this is where I would like to be. At the moment, I am just trying to decide what to do. When I'm out of control, I can put on five or more pounds a week, so I can't afford to hang about deciding for much longer. I think I may consume all the podcasts as soon as possible so I can get to your bits on intuitive eating. I'm encouraged that you're still there so many weeks later as I only seem to manage a week or two at anything before slipping back into binging. Anyway, this has been a long note, so I'll sign off, though I would like to keep in touch if that's okay, and I'll try to do it through the website. Take care, and I just want to again thank you so much for being so open and giving so much hope, and I hope you get a lot out of it too. Cheers, Shell. And, you know... The challenges here, think of Fernando being so struggling with his weight when it's opposite to what a lot of us are, right? Like we're here, at least in America and in other parts of the world, we're always so worried that we aren't skinny enough that we don't stop to think about what it feels like to be on the other side of the coin. And you know, the perfect body type for men is this you know, stereotypical buff, strong, tall, big, muscular type guy. So it must be very disconcerting to have the kind of metabolism and body type where you're naturally very slender. And for those types, sometimes it's very, very hard to put on muscle. It's just the way their genetics are. But our society doesn't seem to give us much slack for what our genetics are, right? No matter what, you should just work harder, eat better, do these things until you can look as we as a society would expect. And more and more as I'm moving on with my own journey, even though to be honest, I would love to have a long pair of Barbie skinny legs to put into short shorts and strut along the beach. I'm seeing more and more I need to accept who I am, what my body is, and to love myself because of it, not despite it, not to just say, well, if I'm stuck with such a crap body, at least I can make do, but to say, 
hey, what is there about me that makes me special and makes my body good? And we said this before, my legs are very large and my butt is very large compared to the rest of me. I'm really a big pear shape all the time. But my legs are so strong. They can walk for miles. They can pedal me up the hill. They can swim like a fish. My legs are a source of pride and they give me opportunities that I would not have if my legs were not so strong. So that's my moment to myself. And Fernando, I'm sure that you have things about yourself that your body type has actually been an advantage for. And you know, that's something that's hard for us to stop to consider. If we're so used to being down on ourselves, you know, that's just really hard. Now, Shell, she has an additional challenge in that she is blind now. And from other letters that she wrote me, she wasn't always blind. And so it's hard for her. Remember my show where I talked about past lives and not past lives like we were Cleopatra, but what we had in our past that we were able to enjoy or do that we can no longer enjoy or do? In Shell's case, I made an assumption that I should help her post to you on the website, and she tells me back, no, it takes time, but I will do it. That shows me that Shell has absolute strength, that she has independence, that she still has that athletic fighter inside herself that she used to have. And it's just a different form today, that she has different challenges that she needs to work with to appreciate her body as it is today. And so, brave companions, I really wish that you would post to Fernando and Shell and especially if you are willing to record a greeting of direct support for Shell, could you call the Bravery Hotline or use SpeakPipe or see the How to Send audio page in order to do that so she can hear directly from you in your voice the Brave Companions support for her. While both Fernando from Brazil and Shell from Wales contacted me via email, Vina stepped right onto the Bravery Report by posting her hellos publicly to us on day 91. Vina writes, I found you on Stitcher. I love the holidays, but hate the overeating. It feels terrible when my husband and children are thin and they don't have an eating problem and they don't understand why I can't lose weight and why I can't control myself. Growing up, everyone in my family had an eating problem. I feel like an outsider and an incredible failure. Every single day I try to conquer it. Some days are good, but most days are bad. Every day I feel horrible. Then the wonderful Cheryl stepped right up to issue her welcome to Vina. Hi Vina, boy do I hear you. I think everyone here is or has been in the same situation. I wish I could just sit down and enjoy the holiday treats without having to feel guilty. It's such a struggle especially when families are naturally thin. I can tell you it's the same though when they're not. My hubby is a pretty good size too, so we soldier on through this quagmire together. Glad you stumbled across our little village here. Hope to get to know you better. And by this time, I finally come in from my own walkabouts and replied, hi Vina, welcome. I'm so glad you found us here. I'm sorry your family cannot understand your struggle and your feelings. That's tough to not feel understood in such an important way. The good news is that we understand. Boy, was I surprised when I started my show that so many other people from all over the world and all shapes and all sizes understand. Having issues with eating runs the gamut and many, many of the feelings cross all boundaries. 
I'm so glad you found us and feel free to post your feelings, thoughts, ask for support, give support, laugh or cry. We support you however you feel and are happy to welcome a new brave companion. Hugs. Then Stephanie from Quebec also welcomed Vina. Hi Vina, welcome to the community. Here girl, you are an insider. Hope we can support you during your rough times. Stephanie XX. Then Vina went on to bravely post the following. I'm so glad I found y'all. Right now I'm gonna concentrate on decorating and binging on the episodes. I've been going to the gym since September and I got a trainer, but I haven't lost weight. My trainer says I need to eat every three hours, something small, but I would rather not hardly eat at all so I wouldn't lose control. When I lose control, half the time I purge. I really need to lose weight because I need to reverse some health issues. I really wish I can conquer this. And Vina, I want you to know that you are on the bravery report for sure because that was such a brave act to reveal your food issues to us. And we salute you for that bravery. I'm really hoping from my heart of hearts that you have or may get some professional support for this since purging is such a tricky thing to deal with. And we will support you and understand your emotions but none of us here, as far as I know, are actual psychologists or doctors or people with professional background to help you with that. But we do understand you and we welcome you with absolute open arms. So brave companions, please stop by on day 91 to support Vina directly, especially if you've gone through similar issues or just to say hello. You can also post your thoughts on today's show notes, which would be compulsiveovereatingdiary.com slash day 92. Okay, as promised, I wanted to tell you about Chelsea, who reached out to me on Facebook. She just wanted to say hello, and that she'd been binge listening from day one, and she asked me to take a look at her blog called Random Thoughts. Now, Chelsea is very open and authentic and writes all about her life, including food issues, being a young mom, her meditation, her Christian faith, and everything on her mind and heart. And I really enjoyed reading what Chelsea has to say. So I'm going to put a link in today's show notes so you can go check it out too. And please take a moment to comment and say hello to Chelsea. Okay, brave companions, it's time to wrap up the show with my absolute favorite feature of all time. You know I love it when you call the bravery hotline or use SpeakPipe to either tell me jokes with foolish fun or to share your brave stories as Diane the Champion has done and Amy from Wisconsin has done. Many of you have called and put your voice on the show. One of the original people who put something on the show was Stephanie from Quebec who made this proposal. She said, Lori, since you are so perfectionistic, I want to propose a secret topic. So the way that this works is that you are going to hear my wonderful husband, Mark, do the opening that he recorded for Stephanie's secret topic of the day, then I'm going to listen for the first time right here on Ventura, sitting on my butt on the beach with the waves in the background. I'm going to hear Stephanie's audio question that she sent me, and I'm going to post it. I'm going to edit it into the show so you are going to hear this question as well in Stephanie's own words. Then I am going to, off the top of my mind, just answer her question while I'm sitting here on the beach with no idea at all what Stephanie has to say. So here we go, get ready for the fifth in the series of Stephanie's secret topic. 
in a world where robot aliens beam down to silence truth with sneaky weapons. The human has been neutralized. Lori and her ragtag band of brave companions seek training to overcome robot alien stealth attack. A new voice of hope shines bright in the Zen place. Introducing Stephanie's secret topic of the day. Bonjour Laurie, bonjour les braves compagnons, this is Stephanie from Quebec calling you, Lori, to propose a new uh, secret topic for you so you can uh, freestyle and tell tell us what you think about uh, the subject I'm going to present to you. So basically, the subject I wanted to present to you was routine. Um, lately, I've been having a lot of um, obstacles around routine because I don't have any routine. I'm, I'm very solicited from social situations and... Um, a lot of unplanned things so I'm, I feel very unsettled that I don't have my routine but then on another side I tell myself well some of these social gatherings social things social surprises are good stuff you know I should be enjoying them instead of complaining um, so I feel kind of um, tear, tear, teared up between you know, wanting to stick to my routine, you know, my effortless routine where habits just kick in, but then on the other side, um, not wanting to push social uh, surprises or, you know, nice things, nice surprises that happen. So I'm wondering, what do you think about that? What do you think about, you know, routine? How do you deal with your routine? How do you, um, how do you feel with routine? Uh, is it good for you? Is it bad for you? Are you mostly um, happy with your routine or do you sometimes feel that your life is too much routine? So basically that, you know, that's pretty much it. So have a good day. Wow, Stephanie, you kind of asked me the million dollar question, right? I think this goes right to the heart of the balance and the struggle that I have and that we just heard from Shell that she has too. And that is how in the world do we work on losing weight or even if it's not losing weight, say it was like building up our body for a physique, right? Even a professional bodybuilder is trying to have a physical goal. And if our physical goal is to try to make our bodies better in some manner that usually involves a precise type of eating and maybe a precise type of exercise with, in our compulsive minds too, we like to have it happen as we would like, right? Like I'm going to run this many miles this many times a week. I'm going to do this kind of weightlifting. I'm going to do this kind of flexibility training. And as we've said before, even weight loss aside, I like schedules and I like things to happen as I expect they're going to happen. And if you tell me you're going to meet me for lunch at a certain time, I don't like sitting there waiting for you to show up and you just kind of wandering in like, oh, well, I was having fun doing this and here I am and, you know, chill out, Lori. Well, no, 
I like routine, and I especially liked routine when I was working on losing weight through dieting and fitness plan. Because like you, I saw social activities as something that got in the way of my perfect fitness plan, right? Like if I only had 1,500 calories to eat and then we went out to lunch unexpectedly with friends who maybe I haven't seen for a while, I would be upset because maybe I had this perfect 300 calorie lunch at home that I'd planned, but going out to the restaurant, if I tried to stick to my calories, that might mean I'm eating salad with no dressing or something while other people are eating pizza and drinking beer. And so then I would be all pissed off because I'm being a martyr. I have to sit there and watch them eating pizza and drinking beer while I'm eating this salad or go the other way. Okay, I'm gonna eat pizza and I'm gonna drink beer and I'm going to have my friends and then I'd be all pissed off because then I would not be meeting my needs. I would not be meeting my fitness goals. And for me, Stephanie, I know that we've talked about this together over time, that the balance of meeting your physical goals and allowing friendship and love and serendipity into your life, it's really a tightrope. My best advice really stems back to the advice that Crystal gave me when I was going for my birthday to Las Vegas and I was really terrified that I was going to put on all the weight that I'd worked so hard to lose and that was towards the start of my show and I believe it was episode 12 where I recorded binge bitch or be where I basically distilled the advice that Crystal gave me into the thought that whenever we're faced with one of these obstacles of a social challenge, right, a social challenge specifically, you have three choices. You can bitch, that would be the one where, oh, I don't get to eat what everyone else is doing and I wish I didn't have to do it and why are my friends calling me up and getting in my way, right? That's the martyr path. So on that path, the benefit is you're sticking to your imposed guideline of what you're trying to accomplish and you're sort of meeting your own needs in one regard. But the downside is you don't really get to enjoy your time with your friends and you may be alienating relationships with your friends because who wants to be with the Debbie Downer being a martyr when you're having a social obligation, right? I'm not saying this is how you would do it every time, but that's one choice. The other choice is binge. And by that I mean where we say, what the hell? I'm just gonna drink everything, eat everything, I'm gonna go with the flow, I'm gonna just disregard any of my physical wishes or plans or diets or anything. I'm just gonna say, woohoo, and you know, Monday's around the corner, I can start my diet again. We've all been on that roller coaster. The advantage is at the time, you get to be having fun with your friends, you feel like you're part of the crowd, you're fitting in, you're doing what they're doing. But the downside is not only are you limiting your physical goals, but you are kind of like not honoring that part of yourself that wanted to do something different. And so that can lead to you not only feeling guilty over the calories or the types of food or drink that you were having, but you feel a little bit disappointed that you couldn't honor what you wanted for yourself. And that's why the last choice is what Crystal recommended and what I have used ever since and was actually the start of my diving into intuitive eating in the first place. And that choice was plan B, B-E. And what that means is 
you get these friends, you like your friends, you actually decide, yes, I want to go with them. Now, it's a different thing if you hear from these friends and you really don't want to do what they're doing. In that case, we have to go back to the people-pleasing episodes and let them know, hey, thanks for thinking of me, but I prefer, you know, I, I'm busy, I have other plans. And you don't have to say why. No thank you is plain. But if these are friends, these are social opportunities that you would relish and enjoy and you want to have more relationship with these people, what you do is you tell yourself, you know, I'm just going to be who I am. And who I am does not want to eat like crazy and drink like a fish and totally destroy my fitness goals. Who I am really wants to value the time that I'm going to spend with my friends on this unexpected social opportunity. So I am going to go there and I'm going to think what would be most pleasing for me to eat and I'm going to eat a little bit of it, then put my fork down and make sure that I talk to all my friends, ask them how their life is going, share some news, then I'm going to pick another bite up and I'm going to relish it. If I want to have a drink, whether it's a martini, a beer, a glass of wine, I'm going to sip that drink, I'm going to let it roll around in my tongue, I'm going to tell myself how much I like it, then I'm going to put my glass down and I'm going to talk to my friends and find out what's going on with them. So in this manner, we put the social aspect first. We say, I'm going to commit to building relationships with my friends or my relatives or whoever's coming to this event. I'm gonna put food second and I'm not gonna eat it unless it's absolutely delicious. And I'm gonna make a commitment to myself that I'm going to eat it slowly and in a way that I can really appreciate that I'm out having this delicious food, this opportunity to eat this, and I'm going to let myself enjoy it. Now, if you follow this plan, at worst, you'll maintain. You might have a little bit of salt kind of stuff giving you a water weight gain, but you're not going to gain a bunch of weight no matter what you eat. I don't care if it's cheesecake, champagne, chocolate dipped strawberries. If you actually follow this plan of savoring your food exactly what you want in small amounts and between every bite make an effort to talk to somebody or just to appreciate your surroundings. Like if I was sitting here with friends at this beach, I might take a bite of my sandwich, put it down after tasting it, and then spend a moment looking at the birds flying over the water and say to my companion, look at that bird, isn't that cool? Then take another bite of sandwich. So I hope this is all making sense. Now routine, whether it's got to do with eating or whether it's got to do with, is it going to rain today or not? <laughs> that is something I do struggle with because no life, whether you have an obsessive mind or not, is going to unfold exactly as you expect in your timing because there's other things that happen. The weather, fate, other people's wishes and opinions, other people have needs and wants, maybe other people aren't feeling great today on the day that you were hoping to go out with them. You know, things just happen. And part of building those authentic relationships, Stephanie, is just like you've done for me with the secret topic of the day, is we practice going with the flow. We practice seeing the positive in what life hands us. And if there is absolutely no positive in the situation, then we need to learn to let it go and say, no thank you. So brave companions, I hope you super enjoyed 
Stephanie's secret topic of the day. If you have ideas about routine and how to handle social situations, please post on day 92 or call the Bravery Hotline and tell me yourself what you think about it so I can put you on a future show. Until next time, brave companions, I also want you to know that I've been sitting here recording on the beach in Ventura by myself the whole darn time without one drop of rain. And now that I've finished the show, I see the clouds are rolling in. The rain is starting to come down, but I have my umbrella. So it's time to say goodbye, and it couldn't have worked out better. So take that, Assumptions. I've had a great day, and I hope you, Brave Companions, have a great day too. So take care, because I really, 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 really care. I'm a slave without a master, heading for disaster, kicking up the dust in the middle of the road. I've been waiting on a free ride, ticket to a seaside thicket on the edge of Puget Sound. Side.